This is the Non-Microwave Truth, a Time of Grace production, and I am C.L. Whiteside. I got together with my guys the other day. It was good to see them. You know, we have a group chat and everything, but it's nothing like seeing people in person. And one of them came back with a whole girlfriend. You ask him a couple of questions in the group chat. He really wasn't responding, but yep, he came back with a whole girlfriend. And when getting together with them, somehow we got on signing a prenup. And when you think about it, half of marriages, around half of marriages end in divorce or separation. Our first world problem question today is this. Is it okay to sign a prenup? And when you think about it, a prenup is something there to protect the assets in in the event of a divorce. Like if we get divorced, you get 25% of this. You get the house. This is what happens with the kids. And the situation I was talking about with them is if you were rich or you had a lot of uh, businesses or, or a lot of assets, would you make your spouse sign a prenup? And I want you to think about this too. A good prenup needs to be looked at by two different lawyers, like one representing you and the other representing them. And I, this is how I, this is what I think. I say God would not encourage this and he's not OK with it. And I get into I'll get into this more in dinner time. But long story short, he as in God didn't make us. He didn't make you and me sign a prenup. And marriage is supposed to show and emulate the relationship that Christ has with the church. And it talks about it as a marriage. I see it like this, too. If you have a whole bunch of money, some awesome business and you think he or she isn't going to cut it, just don't marry them. You do not have to get married. Being single is okay. But CL, people change and you need that reassurance. I get that. But you you can only control so much. Again, like I said, God didn't make us sign a prenup, and he knew we would change. He knew we messed up, and he knew. He knew we wouldn't come close to matching the love that he has shown us. So as a Christian man or woman, would God be okay with you making your spouse sign a prenup? And when we talk about this prenup, I'm not talking about like if you die, this is what happens. I'm talking about a prenup that we're talking about if we get divorced, this is what we're going to do. So our first world problem question is this. Is it okay in God's eyes for a couple to have a prenup? Remember, I would love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter, Champion Life 23. Let me know what you think. This is our first world problem today. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is Arranged Marriage. And if you're not familiar, an arranged marriage is a marriage that's planned usually by the families or the parents of the bride and groom. And the man and woman getting married, they usually have very little input. Now, I've been single more than I've been married. So if you are not married, definitely don't skip this episode or think there's nothing you can take away from it. Because regardless, if you are single, you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you've been married for five years or married for 30 years. This is the question I want you to think about. How much do you trust your family? Like, how much do you trust your friends? Would you feel comfortable with them finding someone for you to marry? 
Like, do they know their, do they know your type? Who would be the best person to do this for you? Now, people have attempted to set me up a number of times. And one of my best friends, she was the absolute worst at it, <coughs> Angela. But for the most part, I got why people said me and this person should go on a date. Like I've had other people do it and they, they were solid. I understood why they did it. Is there anyone you would trust to do this? And I'm talking about marriage. Do you think they would have considered looks or career? Or more importantly, would they have considered the person's faith? If you are already married, do you think there is someone who would have found your now spouse? I have a few friends who I think would be solid at it. I think my brother would be pretty good at it. And I actually think my parents would have, they, they would have did a decent job in trying to select that or arranging a marriage. Now, something I just want to put you on game with. As once being a shallow, and maybe I still am a little bit, shallow male, almost the worst first thing you can tell a male if you're trying to set him up in like a blind date type of situation is, She's really nice. The average man, and I'm just being real, the average man wants to hear, she fine, bro. Like, she, she fine. Or she got a banging body. Or she's hot. Like, she, she hot, man, I'm telling you. Something like that. And then the, oh, yeah, she's nice, too. Or she has a great personality. Now, I asked a bunch of young ladies what's the first thing they would want to know or would sell them on saying yes to the blind date. And the responses I got were, you know, I would want to know his goals or his values. <laughs> one of them said, how tall is he? Another one that popped up is like, what is he about or what does he do? That came up multiple times. A funny one was, does he have common sense? And then, of course, the what is his personality like? Now, this episode of Arranged Marriage is kind of like a big first world problem or an extended version of that. And we'll be discussing whether or not it would be best to just be arranged or is it best to find your spouse on your own? Our American culture tells us find it on your own. That's what we usually do in America. We do have some who try to arrange and we even love a good reality TV show that either shows how we try to pick our own or how it goes when someone else arranges that marriage. TV shows like Married at First Sight. When I was doing some research, it said that the U.S. version of Married at First Sight, they really are married and they signed the paperwork. But it said the U.K. version is fake and they didn't sign any paperwork. They just like had a verbal agreement. I wonder what's really true though. And in researching for this episode, I read something that said that the divorce rate is actually going down. But the reason it appeared or the reason they said is because millennials and Generation Z, they happen to be way more picky. And they just say, you know what, let's do as many marital things without the commitment. Like that's the model now that we have, meaning let's play house, let's have sex, let's live like we're married. And then if we get tired of each other, you get on my nerve, you get on my nerve too much. Let's just split with the thought process that that's an easier and cleaner breakup. But of course, that still has consequences and repercussions that can be down the, long, be down the road or it still can be very, very messy, like very messy. So on this episode of Arranged Marriage, I want you to think about that. Were we intended to have arranged marriages or were we intended to find our spouse on our own? Now, I want to look at the most famous arranged marriage in the Bible, or at least I think it's the most famous arranged marriage in the Bible. And that's Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham. 
and his parents kind of did it, but they really didn't even find his spouse. Abraham sent his senior servant in his household. He was like the one in charge of all the things that Abraham had. And Abraham said this to his senior servant. He says, I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. Abraham did not want his son to be around the Canaanite women. He did not want the Canaanite women because they they might have been bad. I'm guessing they were some good looking women, but they weren't God fearing women. Sound like the type of woman that exfoliate with dirt and have him worshiping the God of dirt. Yeah, that sounds crazy, but hey, people do some crazy things for some good looking people. Now, what we should notice with Abraham's request is this arranged marriage wasn't about power. It wasn't about a political gain. It was about faith and it was about trying to preserve the legacy of God and having a God fearing lineage because we, we see some bad arranged marriages where people are, it's a political thing, it's a power thing, but this wasn't like that. And in Genesis 24, we see how the servant found a woman named Rebecca to come back and be Isaac's wife. The servant prayed on it, and he caught a dime for Isaac. Like, man, he threw Isaac a lot. The Bible says the woman was beautiful, a virgin, no man had ever slept with her, and she seemed to be nice and hardworking. And I say this because she offered the servant, the senior servant, water, and she drew water for all his camels. Isaac caught. Big takeaways from this. Pray for marriage and pray for those looking to get married. Second point, character and faith matter more than personality and looks. That's a hard concept. Sometimes we get like personality and character mixed up, but they're two different things. And we should see that Abraham's greatest concern was finding his son, Isaac, a God-fearing woman. Now, you think about your parents. Would they have thought like Abraham and cared about the faith? Or would they have been trying to find you somebody with a whole lot of money or someone who had model looks or a model body? What would your parents have been? What's your guess? You know what? You should ask your parents about this. Ask them to describe the perfect spouse and who they would try to arrange a marriage with for you. It's going to be funny. Watch. Just just ask them. And if you're already married, ask them about the characteristics or things they would say are most important. Okay, now I want to look at a marriage in the Bible where they chose their spouse and it wasn't arranged. It appears that love was there first and then they made the agreement to get married. This is usually what we try to do in America. The pair, the couple that I want to look at is Ruth and Boaz. And if you're not familiar with this, this is from the book of Ruth, which stars none other than obviously Ruth. Ruth's mother-in-law had lost her husband and Ruth was married to her son. But her husband, Ruth's husband, died as well. Now, most women in these situations would have left the mother-in-law, especially in a male dominant or a reliant world. These were just the times where they needed a husband. Women needed a husband, I should say. Ruth did not leave her mother-in-law, Naomi, though. Ruth and Naomi, in fact, went back to Naomi's hometown. Now, single people, I need you to take some notes from Ruth. She went after her purpose before she went after a man. And when you want to shoot your shot, you got to make sure you wash. Because this is what Ruth did. Naomi told her to do this. She washed up, she put on some perfume, and she got dressed in her best clothes. Yeah, you can't you can't come to your crush smelling musty and looking dusty. 
But for real, what really got her noticed was her character. It got her noticed by a good man named Boaz. People may notice your looks or success, but them noticing your character, that's something different. That's something special. Ruth didn't go after the bad boy or the biggest name. And I say this because this is in Boaz's response when he says, you have not run after the younger man, whether rich or poor. Now read Ruth chapters one through four one day to get the whole story and see how they live happily ever after. I want to switch gears just a little bit now, though. If you look at our society, there's a major microwave effect. Because back in the day, you used to date people in the same community as you or the same school. But I remember hearing someone once say, once the car got invented, that changed the game. That changed the dating game completely. And even more so today, social media has changed it. You can shoot your shot with someone who lives hundreds or even thousands of miles away. Long distance is the new thing because you have FaceTime, you have Snapchat, you have WhatsApp, and you have planes. So there are no slim pickings. Like you can pick literally from all over the world. Like you got choices and you know, sometimes they be choosing. But what do you think? Is it more godly or is it better to have arranged marriages or is it better to have marriages where you get to pick who your spouse is? I was just messing with you. I don't think it's a clear cut answer. I think both can be pleasing to God. And I wouldn't say one is better than the other. We're most likely in favor of us picking because we can control it, though. That's just our American culture type of thing. And I'm in the same boat, even though I honestly do think I honestly think that my sister-in-law would have arranged my marriage regardless or she would at least have tried or attempted. She's told me stories about how she tried to set my wife and me up before. My mother-in-law used to ask me about my dating life, too, when she was stopped by school. They knew. They knew. I'm just playing. Well, I'm kind of not. But I want you to think about this, especially if you are single. If you are single, you are still in a marriage or relationship with guess who? With God. In Ephesians chapter 5, it tells us we are to submit to Christ because we are the church. And here's a big point I want to make. If you don't believe in God, there is zero reason, zero reason to get married and make such a covenant. Marriage is the most illogical thing to ever, ever do. Like you're going to bind yourself to a person who's going to change and could possibly hurt you. People say it's just a contract, but it's way more than that. Contracts get broken all the time. Like if I sign a contract, then all of a sudden it's bad. Uh, uh-uh. uh, we, we, we are renegotiating. Marriage is more than that, though. And until you understand what Christ has done for you and how he's married to you, then it's too hard. It's it's way too hard to even try to comprehend the type of love we're supposed to show to a spouse. That's the biggest thing you have to be ready for and willing to sign up for. People don't talk about that enough. I don't think even the church talks about that enough. Marriage is a lifelong covenant and love isn't just some mushy, gushy feeling i love her every time i see her i get butterflies like real love christ type love that is a choice and we match christ's love marriage is a great blessing but it's also a huge responsibility and i encourage you to read two different books if you are thinking about getting married are married or single and you just want to understand how to love people better and more like christ did and to see there are 
different desires for each individual, especially men and women. And the first book that I would encourage you to read is The Five Love Languages. Like, do you know what your love language is? If you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, you should read the book. And the second book is called Love and Respect. Two great books. And like I said, even if you're single, it just helps you understand who you are better as a person and maybe why certain things didn't work out or why you look for what you're looking for. Next, I want to think about why does anyone even want to get married? People want to get married for many different reasons. Some say for companionship, uh, fun, to do the nasty. Some are looking for more happiness, to, to have children. Some even, it's like a career or political move. Some is a desire to have some type of support. And in and of itself, none of these things are wrong. But if that's just it, then you are microwaving the truth. Ask someone, ask someone one day, why did you get married? And they'll probably give you an answer like, I was so in love. This person, you know, they, they brought out the best in me. They are my best friend. They did so much to let me know they loved me. I thought this person was willing to meet me halfway. Those are all different responses that you may hear. And all that's fine and dandy. But you can never, ever, 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 ever forget that marriage is about the opportunity to show one of the greatest forms of love possible. You are, you got to think about like that. You're trying to be like Christ who is the ultimate servant and sacrifice. Why do we get married though? A lot of times we get married to get served and make our lives easier and happier. I got to repeat that. We get married to get served and to make our lives easier and better. That's usually what we're thinking. I want to make my life better so I get married. So we come with these expectations and we almost like demand our expectations get met or else. And that causes us to lose sight of trying to meet expectations of the other person and more importantly, God's expectations of being a spouse. Now, when it isn't easy or it isn't making us happy, that is why when you don't have when you got this mentality, you question the entire existence or the reason for being married. However, if we look at Christ, his example is clear, clear as it will ever get. Like Christ made the choice to love, to sacrifice, to serve, even though we suck. Like we absolutely suck at times. There's no other way to put it. It wasn't like, you know, I'll die on the cross once you start acting right or until you make up for saying that stupid comment. I'm staying in the tomb or until you match my effort, I'm done showing you love. So even though your spouse is horrible, we have an obligation to serve God, which is to serve them. Marriage is not just you and the other person. It is you, God and the other person. Some of y'all are like, this sounds horrible. Like I'm never getting married if I have to always be the one serving and sacrificing. And I'm not saying it's like that all the time, but it will be at times, or I should say it will feel like that at times. And I know some of y'all are like, I couldn't do it. That's absolutely ridiculous. Don't forget. Don't forget the spirit of Christ is inside you. So, yes, you can't do it. But absolutely, yes, Christ can do it again and again. And he's inside of you. And even more awesome to think about is the image of if you had a spouse with the same mentality of wanting to serve and sacrifice and put God first, how beautiful, how beautiful would that look? Let me break it down for you. 
Rather, you are single or you plan on never getting married or you're married and you're living happily ever after. We are in an arranged marriage with Christ. We got picked by the spirit. He set us up. We didn't wow Christ and earn his love. And that's crazy to fathom because that's what we are all about in our culture. The microwave truth tells us that a man should say, you need to earn my love and show me you worth me marrying you, woman. You expected me to be the protector and the person who would sacrifice my life for you? Oh, you, you better bring it then. You better meet me halfway or you better show me something. And then the microwave truth for the woman is to say, you need to give me reasons why I should respect you and honor you and do that S word, submit. We have shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette where a man and woman has a buffet, a buffet of possibilities to pick from. We were Christ's first pick. I mentioned all the reasons why people get married, but think about how Christ and why Christ wanted a relationship with us. Despite us being a bad bride who doesn't match his thoughtfulness, it's like we don't cook, we don't clean, and we nag. We cheated on him multiple times. We looked at others and we thought they were sexy and better. We've been abusive. We forget how fun Christ is and we try to have fun with others. We don't give him the quality time he deserves. We aren't nearly as intimate as we should be with him. Christ is such an illogical, incomprehensible love, his love for us. If this was the, and if you're thinking you've never treated Christ like that, yes, you have. You've sinned. You've broken every commandment before. You've done it. I've done it. It's just a fact. And even if you've been awesome, you still can't match his love and the fact that he died for you. You can't die for him. Oh yeah, and he experienced hell. And he suffered and he did that whole thing. You just can't do that. You aren't capable of doing that. But think about that. If you had a friend who listed, he came to you like, hey, my wife has been doing, he listed half the things that I mentioned, you would not be surprised that he wanted a divorce. You wouldn't be surprised if anyone wanted a divorce in that situation. But Christ doesn't divorce us. He goes all in. He doesn't make us sign a prenup. And he loves us perfectly. Why though? Please, please, please read 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, and the rest of it when you get some time. But I'll sum it up for you. God is literally love. Jesus is love. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Arrange Marriage. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.